how you doing? Rev Fred here. So uh, this uh, episode is going to be about um, why do I speak in tongues? So in order to talk about why I speak in tongues, I'm going to need to do a couple things first. First of all, talk about my salvation. Um, so um, I'm just trying to figure out if I should give into a lot of detail. I'll give I'll give. A lot of detail. A month before I got born again, I spent a month in Israel. A friend of mine was going to Israel. He he asked me if I wanted to come along. I said, sure, why not? So I went to Israel with uh, my friend. He was Jewish, and he showed me all the scenes and the sights. We were there for a whole month. We would go from Israel over to Egypt and then back to Israel again. And so we were just traveling back and forth and having a good time and enjoying ourselves, uh, seeing all the sights. I was asked on a regular basis what I was. So you're in Israel, you're, you're traveling to Israel, you're either going to be a Muslim, a Jew, or a Christian. There's really, they, they seem to think that there's no other reason for you to be there other than you being one of those three things. Well, I wasn't Muslim, I wasn't Jewish. So I would try to explain myself that I was, you know, I, I didn't really believe in anything at the time. I was searching for God, but I didn't necessarily believe that any one of those things were where God lied. <laughs> and uh, so, but, so, but it got to the point where it was difficult. So I started proclaiming to people that I was a Christian. And they would be like, oh, okay. And then that was it. They wouldn't think about anything else. They would just like, that's the answer to the question they needed. And after that, everything else is good not to worry, right? So this is what we did. So I would, I would proclaim that on a regular basis. So anyways, while in Israel, there was a time period where I was uh, staying in uh, Tel Aviv. And when I was in Tel Aviv, uh, for seven days in a row, seven nights in a row, I had a dream. And I didn't understand the dream. I talked to my friends about the dream. I, I tried to figure out what was going on with this dream. Didn't seem to make any sense to me. Um, but anyways, so the dream was basically, it was me. I saw myself when I was older uh, and I was speaking to a bunch of people in a language that he didn't understand and it wasn't any one person's language uh, but everybody understood in their own language and so little backstory from that uh, this is what I understand now is speaking in tongues however I did not know what that was I had never read the Bible I've never had an educational process where I learned about tongues I didn't know what tongues were didn't have a clue what any of that was all about nothing not, not, a, not a thing you know I was in a mosque and a temple in a, uh, a synagogue before I ever went to a church I, I, you know that those things and I was taking shamanism classes and transcendental meditation classes I was looking for God everywhere but uh, I didn't know anything about Christianity because I, I just assumed my brother, his wife, my mom, my dad, they were all Christians. And uh, I just assumed that that's not where God was.
Why I assumed that way, I don't know. I think I was just arrogant and thought that it has to be more complicated than that. In my mind, that's what I think I was thinking. But anyway, so I was in Israel. I had this dream. And then at one one of the dreams, they were kind of like, uh, it's not the same dream over and over again. It was kind of like uh, a series of dreams, like uh, you were watching a miniseries. And so it was how I was doing that. And then I, I, was, I was speaking in tongues. And then I would um, had a vision where... Uh, leaders on two different parties of a country would come together and ask me to um, be with them and let them know what God was saying about what they should do. And then I would pray in tongues and then I would get some kind of understanding and God would speak to me and then I would explain to them what. So these are our dreams. And at one point at the very end, I remember uh, one of the last dreams that I had is that I I was singing in tongues and when I was singing in tongues I started recording what I was singing and then I started putting that out there and apparently I made an album and that everybody who played the album heard in their own language even though I was singing something totally different and uh, anyways so, so anyways so I didn't know anything about this but so at that time, and then uh, we went to a bunch of different scene, places in Israel. So I went to the Jordan River and got baptized. You know, I, I, I walked the De La Rosa. I walked the path that Jesus walked because it was a touristy thing to do. And my friend Dave brought me on that kind of path to check out these things. So I'm like, okay. I went to all kinds of places. When I went to Egypt over there. I went up into the Sinai Mountains, and uh, we had a tour guide that, who said his ancestor was Moses, and he showed us the path and how to get to certain places, and we had a difficult path sometimes we were taking, and it was areas that I had to cl- uh, climb uh, against a wall that was like ready to fall into the Red Sea, and, and then I was up in a mountain, and it was on the edge, and then there was a path that I was walking that was really, really narrow, and then in the middle of this narrow path, there's a big boulder in the way. And if you can go through the hole, then you can get through the hole. But if you couldn't go through the hole, you had to climb over the boulder and jump down. And so when I couldn't fit through the hole, at the time I was uh, 400 and uh, a little over 400 pounds. So I couldn't fit through the hole, so I had to go over the hole. And so... I went on top of the boulder and it was at least a 15 foot drop into a path that was super narrow. And I said, I can't get, I can't get down there. I can't jump down there. It's like, I'm I'm so heavy. There's no way I can hold myself up in order to hang, to fall down there. I'd have to just jump down there. And so the guy, he's like, well, this is part of the 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 trials the tribulations if you want to go through go through if you want to turn around and go back you can turn around and go back it's up to you it's your path that you have to take and I'm like what no this is the path you brought me down I'm like whatever so I'm like okay so I'm sitting on this boulder with the 15 feet drop in front of me with a I literally I when I landed with my feet I had to put one foot in front of the other in order for me to stand where there was a flat part because it was a, a wall and boulders on both sides. And so I jumped and I landed 
on the two feet, poop, right there, and everything was groovy. I was like, okay, and kept on going. We get back to the um, back to the uh, the place that we were staying in Egypt, and everybody was like, oh, he turned around, and came back, and then and they were all surprised. Then he said, no, no, he went through, he he jumped, and then they were having a big discussion, and they're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. like there was some kind of a big deal. And so they ask a bunch of questions, like, you know, did I climb the rock? He's, yes, he climbed the rock. Did he, did they go on the cliff? He had, he went on the cliff. And then they asked all of these questions. Did he see uh, the the hole? And he's like, yeah, he saw the hole. Did he feel anything? And they said, and he was like, yeah, he felt something. Because we, there was this area where you look down, we were on the, we were on top on top of a, like a mountain, and we looked down, and the Red Sea's there. And there's this like piece of land that's like a crescent shape. And in the middle, there's this dark hole. And so uh, our guide brought us down there to check it out. And there was this old guy sitting in a uh, shack, sitting there, you know. And apparently, he was very, very rich. And so he was just sitting there. And then he asked us, first, we went for a swim. So we just dived into the water and swam across. I felt very creepy about the whole process. When we were in that, over that hole, it just felt something creepy. It was something uncomfortable, you know? And so then I'm like, oh, I don't like this. And so then I, I just, I got back out of the water right away. And then uh, my friend Dave and Adam, who was with us, went over to talk to this guy, uh, this old guy who's sitting on this little shack, shack on, 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 on the rim of this... Um, crescent uh island thing and so they were talking to him and he he was then talking about oh he has a because uh, he found out we we're from canada he says, oh i have a uh hotel in uh vancouver and i'm looking to sell it would you guys be willing to sell it for me uh i will uh, give you a commission if you sell it and he pulls up this laptop and then this like satellite dish from behind us on near the rock just comes out of like the rock and it just points up and he pulls out this laptop and boom, and then he shows us this hotel and he says, he's looking to he sell it for 20 million. And you know, if he, if he do, so we're like, uh, that's okay. Thank you. And then we just took off because it was like, it's kind of weird. Like, you know, there's this guy sitting by himself on the, on this little thing. So afterwards, when we get up back up to the top of the hill, the, our guide, his name was Humdun, showed us from the top the crescent and, and the thing in the middle. And he said it is the place that the symbol for the Muslim religion comes from with the crescent moon and the, and the, and the thing in the middle. <coughs> but then he also told us that the, the story is that that hole in the middle it goes down to hell and where all sins and stuff are supposed to go down in that hole. Like, whatever. I just, to me, it was all kind of just all folklore, just something that he's just talked about. So, anyways, I didn't really think about it. So, that was a whole part of the process, and they were all very interested in that. I went through all these trials and tribulations and difficulties, and, and I got through it. Even though I was over 400 pounds and have a hard time moving, I was able to climb along the side of the mountains, and I was able to get into an area that was very narrow that you know the camels couldn't even go through there the camels had to walk up and around because they couldn't get through that area and the camels can go everywhere they said but then no not this area they can't they can't get through like and it you know 
I didn't know until afterwards, but it actually looked like the eye of a needle. It was like a long path, and there's like an opening, a hole at the end, and like you had to go through that eye of the needle. But I couldn't get through the eye of the needle. I had to go over. So I went over, which is even more dangerous to go over than to go through. But I'm like, whatever. This is all just part of, you know, the stuff that happened when I was in Israel. So anyways, so I get back from Israel and... Okay, so what? Sorry, one more thing. While I was in Israel, after I had all my dreams, I went to the Western Wall, which is also known as the Wailing Wall. But while I was at the Western Wall, I was standing there, and I would start to weep. Uh, and I asked my friend Dave. I said, "Well, why? I, I didn't. I wasn't emotional. I'm like, well, why am I weeping?" He says, "I don't know. A lot of people who come here weep. They, you know, it's just a thing that people. That's another thing they call is the Western Wall, but it's also known as the Weeping Wall. People come here and they, and they weep. My mom, when she knew I was going to Israel, she asked me to take a, a little prayer that she written on a piece of paper and stick it in the wall. So I did that for her. So, anyways, I get back home from uh, uh, Israel, and uh, about." Two weeks later, it was 9-11. So, um, yeah, it was difficult to travel that area after that point. But anyways, so it was 9-11, so, and there was a bunch of stuff that happened. So then I'm, I'm, I'm at home one day, and my mom had been talking to me regularly about coming to church, and I just wasn't interested, and I appreciate it. So anyways, so... Um, I'm at home and I'm relaxing and uh, I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I feel like, hmm, I think I really want to go to church. I think I'm going to go to church on Sunday. Okay, so this was on Tuesday I got that. So I, I contacted my mom and I let her know. I said, listen, is it okay if I come with you guys to church on Sunday? And she's like, yes, yes, of course. I had not realized, but they had started praying and fasting for me um, and they started on Monday, and so Tuesday I got the, you know, thing in my heart that I needed to go to church. So by Wednesday, like they were like, they stopped. I guess they stopped fasting because, you know, it happened. So I was going to church on Sunday. So I walked into the church on Sunday, and it's not a church like you would think. Maybe uh, it wasn't a big steeple or nothing like that. It was actually a rundown. Uh, place underneath a shopping mall and it wasn't pretty it wasn't uh, glamorous looking that didn't make any difference to me didn't make any difference to me so but anyway so I walked through the door of the church as I walked through the door of the church I could hear in my spirit I love you 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 and I'm thinking to myself, whoa, this is weird. And then I, I realized, okay, because, you know, I was involved in spiritual things prior to this situation. And I'm like, okay. And I realized, okay, this is God. This is, this is God talking to me. And, uh, you know, nobody else heard because, you know, nobody else was making any comments or looking around. It was just me. So, but I felt it in my spirit. I felt it. It was, it was God. And he was telling me that he loved me. I felt it, and I was like, okay, okay. And then I was like, in my mind, having a discussion with God. I'm like, okay, I get it. 
yeah, you're God and you love me. Okay, you're God. If you're God, you're God. You know, when you love me, I'm your creation. Of course you love me. Okay, so you're God. And so, all right. But he's like, no, you don't understand. I love you. I love you. And he just wouldn't stop. He was actually getting me frustrated a little bit because he wouldn't stop. But then something happens. There was a connection between intellect and my heart. And that connection created a revelation that I had in my heart. And that revelation was, oh my God, this is God and he loves me. And I started to weep. I started to cry. I was just like overwhelmed with uh, happiness and peace and joy. And I'm like, okay. So this um, God that I've been seeking for, for many, many years, I found. Okay. All right. So, and I said to God, at that moment, what do you want from me? What do you want from my life? What do you, okay, I get it. You're God. You love me. I love you. Let's go. Let's do this thing. If you, if I'm going to be part of who, what you want to be done in this world, let me know. Let's do something. What are we doing? First thing he told me to do was to go back to my house and cleanse it. And so I lived with a bunch of guys at the time. And I had, um, let's just say, adult material in my room. VCR, the TV, the books, all that kind of stuff. And God told me he wanted me to cleanse my, my room of those things to get rid of them all. So I did. I took my TV out of there. I gave it away to one of my roommates. Took my VCR out of there. Gave it away to one of my roommates. Threw out all the other stuff. Um... And then I had a little spot set up and, you know, God said, set up a spot here and spend time with me. So I'm like, okay. So I spent, I sat down and I spent time with God. And so then I went to work and did my thing. And, you know, the, the following week I get to um, go to church again on Sunday and I'm walking through the door of the church again. And as I'm walking through the door to church again, I hear God say, um, after the service, tell Mike you need to be baptized. I'm like, okay, yeah, his name was Pastor Mike. So, so I'm like, okay. So then I'm like sitting there, and then near the end of the service, it's like, okay. And I, I hear God say, okay, go and talk to Mike now. So I get up, I walk over, and I'm thinking in my head, uh, baptized. Uh, you know, um, when I got baptized in the Jordan, you know, I had to be dunked under the water. And I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, is this what I got to do here? Like, okay, it's. It's cold outside, you know. I don't want to deal with this situation, I, you know. So, anyways, I walk up to Mike. I said, "Hey, Mike, how you doing?" God told me that I need to be baptized. He says, "Okay, you ready?" And I'm like, uh, "Now?" He says, "Yeah, now." I'm like, "Okay." So I'm thinking he must have like maybe some water to sprinkle or something. I don't know what he was. Well, what was going to happen? So he started praying over me, and as he started praying over me, all of a sudden, this thing started to come out of me. I started speaking, which I found out afterwards was tongues, you know. It did not recognize or realize that it was similar to what had happened in my dreams while I was in Israel. It took me a while to catch that similarity, that connection. But so I, I started speaking in tongues. And I was like, to me, I sounded like I was speaking Arabic or... Uh, Something like that, you know, some kind of a language that was Middle Eastern. And so then um, his son, Josh, said to me, I've never heard anybody speak in tongues so much like it sounded like you were speaking in another language. 
and so quickly. I'm like, okay, yeah. But at the time, I, I was like, okay. Uh, I said to Mike, I said, because uh, he was heading to go pray for somebody else. I said, hold, hold on a second. He says, what? He said, what is this? He says, what do you mean? You got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I said, okay, what does that mean? What is being baptized in the Holy Spirit? He says, well, and then he explained being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm like, okay, so what is this language that I was, what is this thing that I was doing? I was speaking in another language? He said, yeah, you're speaking in tongues. I said, okay, but what is that? What is speaking in tongues? And so I didn't know anything about it. I didn't understand it. I didn't know what he was talking about. It didn't make any sense to me. So he explained it to me. I'm like, okay, so it's a good thing. He says, oh yeah, it's a very good thing. It's it's a, it's your spiritual language that you can speak whenever you want to and it edifies you, brings that stuff from deep down inside of you to the surface so you can deal with it and get free from it and get cleansed from it. It's a way for you to pray the perfect prayer whenever you want to without knowing how you're supposed to pray or what you're supposed to pray. You just pray in tongues and you know God is in it and God is actually praying through you. And so you are relinquishing the control of what you're saying and why you're saying it in order for you to just speak it out. And then God um, strengthens those words because it is confusement to the enemy. The enemy doesn't know what you're saying. God knows what you're saying, but the enemy doesn't know what you're saying. People around you don't necessarily know what you're saying. So it's it's confusion for a lot of other people but for and for the enemy. But for God, he knows exactly what you're doing. You're praying in tongues. You're releasing. You're giving your free will offering to God. You're allowing your will to be put down and his will to be put forward. And it's a perfect prayer every time you do it. I'm like, okay, wonderful. Then I'll keep on doing it. So I kept on doing it. So all this to say is this is why I speak in tongues. Not because somebody explained to me that you need to speak in tongues. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to start with the mumbling. We're going to start with the, nobody explained that to me at all. Nobody said to me this is what it is to speak in tongues. Nobody told me about baptizing the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything about that stuff. It wasn't until afterwards that I realized that oh yeah, I had those seven dreams in a row in Israel and it was all about speaking in tongues. It was all about singing in tongues. And one of the things I love to do is sing in tongues. So it's, it's, it's not like you know anybody explained to me how and why I should speak in tongues. And then I developed it. It was just that I did it. And so I did it. And that's why I do it. I know for me, it is something that God given me as a gift that I can use to edify myself. And I know that it's for other people as well. It's not just because I had this experience that makes that I am uh, blessed to be able to be a, a unique person to get the speaking of tongue. We all can do it. Some people develop it differently. Some people have to step it in slowly and eventually it becomes a, a, a language that you can speak. And, and, it's, and some people it's not that way. Some people would like me, myself. I know other people who, same thing, nobody taught them about tongues. They just started, they got baptized and they started speaking in tongues and they didn't understand it either. And so I'm not the only one who's gone through that experience. I haven't heard that a lot, but there's you know there's people that I know who have done that. So it's so it's a good thing. It's like this is why I said I speak in tongues because I know that it's something that God gave me to do. 
I'm not questioning it. I don't think it's something from the Old Testament that we don't do or that the in, in the New Testament when the apostles uh, got it baptized in, in the Holy Spirit. I think that baptism, we all get at baptism. We get, we get baptized uh, by water. We get baptized in the Spirit. And we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We can do all those things. And I've done all those things. And I think it's important aspect of our, our walk. I think it gives us a certain amount of um, uh, autonomy over how we can edify ourselves. We can bring to the surface. And one of the revelations God showed me is that speaking in tongues is bringing those things uh, from your soul to the surface and to your spirit to the surface and you can deal with them it's the same way is when you're fasting uh you're taking the toxins that are in your body and you're bringing it to the surface and you're releasing it out of your body fasting and praying in tongues do, do the same thing one is spiritual one is physical it, it's it's the only difference and but they, they do the same thing they bring the stuff to the surface and allow you to get rid of them and allow you to walk free from those things and that includes mindsets that includes uh false doctrine that includes all kinds of stuff in your past that you were walking and not even realize you were walking in god can cleanse you of those things so you can walk free and so you can truly know who you really are and not be having all these other cluttered stuff in your mind stopping you from acting the way you want to act. You know, it's just it's what we do. It's how we're supposed to do it. And that's why I speak in tongues. So that's it. So I just wanted to bring that out there because I've, I've, I've given my testimony to a few people about me speaking in tongues. And they always thought it was interesting that more people should hear it. So I thought, okay, so then I'll share that why and the whole story that's it okay so i love you i hope this uh, helps you you know if you feel like you want to and you have never been baptized in the holy spirit it's not that difficult you just have to accept the baptism of the holy spirit and lord thank you much so much that you're you died on the cross in order for me to receive the holy spirit on me and in me for the purpose of um uh, getting me set free and to be able to walk in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which gives me an, an, uh, an ordained process to change me so that I can get rid of the unbelief that I might have in me in order to help other people with their unbelief. So thank you, Lord, that you've given this to me. I receive it in Jesus' mighty name. So you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then you go walk free. And, and you could start speaking in tongues. Um, people say, well, how do you speak in tongues? Yeah, it's very difficult for me to explain how I speak in tongues. I speak in tongues. But basically, I open my mouth and I allow whatever is coming out to come out. And I don't try to control what it sounds like or what it is or try to understand it at all. I just let it flow out. Now, I know that I know that I know that there's times where you may need to take something and use it as a tool. Say, for example, a long time ago when I was first born again, uh, I wasn't always speaking like that, like in, in tongues in that way. And so I would be praying, and as I'm praying, and I was walking back and forth praying a lot, 
I would just, I would, I'd be repeating over and over again, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And I was just doing that. And somebody told me at the time that they believed that that's how I was speaking in tongues at that, at that moment. And so you could just take something like hallelujah or I love you, I love you or whatever and use that as a method to speak something out that God can ordain as tongues and to make it a perfect prayer. It's better if it's not words you understand because then you, you, it's not meant for that. It's not meant for you to understand what you're saying. Just You just say it. So you just say it. Um... There's a lot of things around tongues. If you're really interested, there's probably a lot of people out there doing teachings on tongues and what they do and how they do it. I know there was a book, uh, uh, Through the Pure, uh, Power of Spirit, by a guy named Dave Robinson. A fantastic book on speaking in tongues. Um, really, really good. It gives you, the I think, the seven different areas of tongues and what they do and why they're there and what they're supposed to be. What I do almost all the time is tongues for personal edification. That's kind of what I do. I'll, I will speak in tongues to pray for people. I do that from time to time as well. And I don't necessarily feel that like I have the ability to speak in tongues over a congregation and then somebody would have the interpretation of that tongue in order to get direction from God. I don't necessarily uh, do that. Now, I believe that maybe God has put on my heart to do more of that, meaning singing in tongues, and maybe in that process of singing in tongues, somebody on the worship team will get what those lyrics are actually supposed to be, and then they would be translated and shared to the congregation. It's just something I haven't done yet. I haven't gotten permission. I didn't ask for permission. I just kind of do it on my own. I use tongues as a personal edification process and for prayer. I don't necessarily use it in a corporate setting. Not that I say that I can't or I wouldn't. It's just I don't. Okay, that's it. Like I said, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you. I hope this gives you some insight and understanding and you walk in that. Okay. Okay.